When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world, join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I am absolutely delighted that you have joined us today. If this is your first time, I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and with your hearing. I really appreciate that very much. And if this is your umpteenth time listening to us, then thank you so much for coming back and listening to all the wonderful stories that we're sharing on a weekly basis. Uh, So today, on today's episode, this is really exciting, guys, because I've never interviewed two people at one time for my podcast. So we're going to be bantering back and forth like crazy. So if you're listening, go hop over to YouTube and subscribe and watch us because we're all you know, talking on this crazy, crazy uh, screen here. It's kind of different. So I wish I was down below instead of, it's funny how you don't get that choice on Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be something where it wants to put you. Yeah. 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 They just kind of put you someplace. So on our episode today, um, I have two beautiful women, both outside and inside, and I can't wait to share their story because they work together about helping lift other women go through transitions in their businesses and grow their businesses. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. So first of all, I want to introduce uh, Dr. Monica Ogando and Amy Walker. So welcome, ladies. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. We are so excited to have you. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. And and, uh, we just finished doing a podcast uh, where I was on their show as well. So we want to make sure that we're cross-pollinating each other and that you go over and listen to their podcast too and hear some new stories. Here we are, we're talking about, you know, moving from success to significance. And I think a lot of people don't really understand that when they're in success and they're saying, well, I don't really want to move to significance because I'm successful, right? That means I'm not going to be successful. So I'd like to get your take on what that means for you. So Dr. Monica, let's go start with you. Thank you. You know, for me, this is a layered conversation because a lot of the strategies and a lot of the things that we did to move from, let's say, survival, like when you're in that startup mode or that hustle mode or trying to make it and trying to establish stability, whether it's your business or your marriage or no matter the domain, those strategies that got you past that survival conversation won't work to get you to the next level of success or the next level of significance. So for me, significance is success plus, success plus the internal fulfillment, success plus the soul satisfaction, the pride that comes with being in alignment that I'm not only pursuing something that has external results, but it also feeds me internally in terms of my spirituality, my core values, et cetera. 
Yeah, I love I love that take on it. And I have a comment on that, but I want to hear about Amy. What's your take on that? You know, I as I was listening to Monica, which I love listening to Monica, she always has such great wisdom and insights. I was thinking about my journey as an entrepreneur and my story. I did not set out to be a driven, successful, high power woman. I really stepped into business out of necessity. I became an entrepreneur during a season when my husband was having serious health challenges. And here I was, two little boys, I'm pregnant with my third. There's five now, by the way. But at that time, I had my third on the way. And I was it all of a sudden overnight. It was me. And I looked at that and I said, okay, well, I value being a present, engaged mother. I don't want a job to determine how I parent. And so what are the best options that I have? And I had a business that I was dabbling with on the side that all of a sudden needed to become the breadwinner for my family. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that first level of success was exactly what Monica was talking about with, it was creating, I, I had to, I didn't have an option, I had to. Then I got to this point where I had success and things were going really well. And I got a little bit addicted to it. I have a friend who's a therapist and she says, everybody has an addiction. Some people's are just more socially acceptable than others. <laughs> and mine, I, I really did get a little bit addicted to work and addicted to success and addicted to building. And I hit a year about two years ago where I woke up and just realized, why am I pursuing all of this? I'm just pursuing growth for the sake of growth. I'm not pursuing growth because it brings me more joy. I'm not pursuing growth because it feels good. It's not feeling good anymore. I feel tired. I feel burnt out. I'm not loving it. And I realized I had to do things differently. And so I had to go back to my core values, which I know, Jen, you're such a great trainer on core values, but I had to really go back to my core values and realize that, you know what? Money's not in my top core values. I worked hard for it in that first level because my family needed it. I accomplished buying houses for my family because my family needed it. I did it. What is really in my core values is connection, contribution. I really value impact and influence. I really value family time. Like put me with my kids and let us be doing nothing but laughing a lot or going to the grocery store in the middle of the day with my husband. Like I really value that time. And so I had structured a business that in the beginning provided for my need. But it was as it grew and as it went on, it was not, it was no longer providing for my need. It was just working. At, I had what I needed. And now it was working against what I really valued. And I had to make some big changes. Yeah. I, I love that you're saying that. It's kind of like, you know, it, you did what you needed to do and now you want, want to nurture you. You, <laughs> you move it, yeah. make that shift from there. You know, I always explain and I love the way that, that you explain it, Dr. Monica, with it, you know, the trickling down or the trickling up. It's, it, I know it's a, like a cake, right? It's all these layers that go up. That's really what it is. The foundation has to be strong and then you get to success. And then the significance is, yay, all the fun stuff on top, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about it, you know, and, and I love that you said, you know, it, it's how it impacts you. But, but I think naturally what happens is that you, because you're so happy, because you're so filled with joy and you're not, Succumb, you're not succumb to everything that's around, you know, what has to happen with business. And you're so present that what you don't realize perhaps is that you make an impact on other people mm -hmm. while you're making an impact on yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I've, I've had to see that, you know, 
with even our children are such a direct and obvious example of that, right? Because there's, there's sometimes what we say to them and then there's what they watch us do. And human beings, just a little pedagogical note, <laughs> we learn through modelings, right? So it's like, yeah, I hear you, but I'm watching you. And yeah. that's what's going to make the ultimate difference. And we do that in, in relationships, even how we allow people to treat each other, how they observe us treating ourselves. That, lets, that sets the context for everything else that follows. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to tell you about a lesson I learned on that in just a moment. But, you know, the other thing is, you know, I, I know that one of, you know, and I want to get to what you guys do as well, you know, what you're doing together so that if someone wants to participate with you, they can. But were you talking about that? Um, what is the phrase that you use, Amy, about lifting? I love it. I've heard lift it before. As you climb. Lift as you, lift climb. As you climb. Yeah. So I tend to talk in terms of a ladder, right? I've done that so many times with my clients is that, you know, when you're climbing up the ladder of success and you look at each rung being, let's say it's a, you know, having a team or having two teams or having a second business or it's volume driven, right? Revenue driven, right? The things that got you from one rung to another that are on the lower part of the ladder are totally different than the things on the top. And there's no way to hold on to both ends unless you're a monkey in a barrel, <laughs> right? And that's chaos, right? Because we talk about getting the monkeys off your back all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so there's no way to hang, hold on to that high-end rung, you know, to get that to that high-end rung by holding on to the, the habits, Yeah, the habits, sometimes the people, the team. So can you guys talk about what, and I'll let whoever wants to go first, but would you mind sharing with us, you know, what habits you let go, what teams you had to let go, or give us some type of a transitional story that helps us understand for those that are listening and going, I don't know if I want to do this thing. I don't know if I want to go up that big ladder because it means I have to say goodbye to my best friend who's been my assistant for 20 years. Mm, That's a great question, Jen, because it's almost iterative. You know, it's like at every level, you have to do a level of pruning and a level of letting go and and releasing of some sort. At the very beginning, I had to let go of my identity as a struggling immigrant. I remember when I first started my business, I was, first of all, it was in the middle of my own stage four cervical cancer diagnosis. So I had to make peace with this is literally life or death for me. Like for some people, it's survival, like getting bills paid. It was like, I don't know if I'm going to be alive in a year. We've got to make this work, right? And so I had to let go of the struggling to survive conversation. And I remember noticing one of my early horizons was I want to be a millionaire by age 32 because that's when Oprah became a millionaire by age 32. So that was like my milestone too. Right. right. And so when I reached it, it was like, okay, and now what? (laughs) And so... There were people that I had to let go of. There are certain conversations that even though those milestones benefit my family, for example, but my family, I, I couldn't really say, hey, I had a you know, $500,000 launch today. It's like, what? You have a half a million dollars just sitting there. And then you have to explain affiliates and merchant accounts and return. You know? So it was like, I had to let go of the people that are benefiting from what I'm working with aren't my brainstorm buddies. Right. You know? Um, And so I just, I had to be able to part the two. And then the other part of it too was, I think I was scrappy for so long that it was more like, this is just my, there's a difference between this is my business versus this is the company that I lead. Because then you start seeing yourself as the CEO, you start making strategic decisions with vision that you wouldn't otherwise have seen if this is just your little business that's just chugging along. So there's a certain level of respect that you have for your company and the work that you do when you step into that role of a CEO. So those were the two biggest ones for me. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. So I want to ask you a question. Did you have or do you now have 
any limiting beliefs or have you encountered limiting beliefs as you have progressed in your business? So you know that, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't even know I had that one, but now I have that one. Yeah. So could you share with us some of the limiting beliefs and how you have overcome a couple of them? Well, okay. So the biggest one that a lot of people talk about is the imposter syndrome, right? Yes. And I think that to a certain extent, we all have that in one layer or another. Mm-hmm. And I had to come to the spiritual maturity point that the part of me that sees herself as an imposter is an imposter. And the part of me that is here to contribute doesn't even have that in, their, in her question. It's not part of her faith paradigm. It's not even, a, it's not up for debate. Yeah. My worth is not debatable. My gift is not debatable because where it came from is not debatable. So the part of me that, that is in that self-doubt should be in self-doubt because that's your smallness. You know, that's, that's the part of you that is childhood. The, right yeah and so that was the first one that I had to let go of and then the second one that I that I've had to let go of is the more intelligent that you get about your own strategy and and the more mature that you get in your own spirituality your culture your emotions your human you know the soft skills the cleverer that your ego also gets so I have to be very honed into being naked and authentically vulnerable with myself being honest with myself to be able to tell on myself because my worth is not questioned, therefore I can be quote unquote brutally honest and then we can get past it because it's just a thought I'm having. The thought I'm an imposter is just a thought. Very different to have the thought I'm an imposter versus being one. So to, yeah. for me to distinguish between I'm having a thought that says blah, blah, blah was also one of the things that I was able to kind of get myself out of my own stuckness and my own little mind games with myself. I love that. Yeah. I, I've definitely had some uh, mental blocks that I've had limiting beliefs that I've had to go through as well. I would say one of my big ones was tying my worth to my productivity and results, mm-hmm. which is so false, right? Like it's really, it really is false. But I felt like in order to feel valuable, I had to be hitting, you know, 50K a month in sales or like I, I would set these numbers and anything less than that just felt like it was not enough. And, but the challenge is that it always grows. And so you never hit that point, right? Once you say 50,000, then you get to 50,000, then it becomes 70 and then it becomes right. 80. You know, it just, you, you're constantly chasing this horizon if you view your value that way. And so for me to be able to look at it, I also was very bad at relaxing too. Right? <laughs> because it was like, if I'm going to relax, I better fold laundry while I do it. Or if I'm going to you know, take a day off, I, I better like write a new book while I do it. Like I was very bad at relaxing. Yeah. And so to really... That guilty you know, syndrome, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel guilty. I'm not doing something productive. Have to be, have to be achieving or don't feel good about myself was really detrimental. So that was one, that was a big one for me. I think another one was to reassess my value system in a positive way. So I come from, my family are very religious. My husband's the bishop of our congregation. We have uh, a long line of faith-based family members. Mm -hmm. And part of our belief system is that motherhood is divine. And it is, you know, like a partnership with God to raise these kids. And so I had a lot of mom guilt that was because I was doing motherhood differently, not because I was doing it badly. And so to just really kind of reassess the values of what does it mean to me to be a very, like a good daughter of God? What does it mean to me to be a good wife? What does it mean to me to be a good mother? What does it mean to me to be a good member of my congregation and a good missionary and a good friend and a good Christian and all this stuff? 
Like, what does that look like for me? And how does Amy win that way? Because I was never going to win trying to do it the way that, you know, my favorite aunt did or that my grandmother did or the way that any, you know, any other woman that I respired, admired and respected and looked up to, I was never going to win that way because you know what, Amy was wired extremely differently. And so I had to figure out how to play, like how to set new rules and new standards and new definitions. And I I really did. I went through and I wrote out job descriptions of like, okay, what is my job as a wife? What is my job as a daughter of God? And I wrote job descriptions that I could actually win at instead of having this ideal in my mind that I was always going to everybody was looking at. Yeah. And their opinions and their judgment of you being, you know, different in what you were doing. Yeah. It's amazing how we have all of those, you know, limiting beliefs. I mean, mine has always been about money. You know, I can make money, but I don't keep it. Right. And this is, but I, you know, make money, but don't keep it because I'm not worthy of it. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you that I can do it and prove to you but then I'm just going to go ahead and let it go because technically I'm not worth it, mm. right? And so that was a challenge. And, and so it was a lot of consumption and, and things like that because I was saying, but I proved it, not because I needed to show people things like that, but I had already proved the soft skills, like you're saying. I didn't need to show any monetary things, but it was in my DNA that I'm not worth it. So I really can't keep it. Thank you for giving it to me, but no, let me go squander it, right? So I think that was a big thing for me. And, and because of my childhood, it was being a people pleaser, right? Yeah. And allowing for, for people to walk over me and take advantage of me and not, you know, wanting to be a business biashi, right? But then I finally said, you know, wait a minute, this isn't about me. This is about my family. If mm-hmm. I don't make that decision and say it's, it is business, it's not mm-hmm. helping my family. It's not helping my children. And so I could make those determine those decisions because it, I wasn't putting it on me. I was letting it live on someone else. Mm. Yeah. That makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was interviewing Alex Stern on this podcast. He's the co-founder of Constant Contact. And he said, you know, the destination, I'm paraphrasing. He said, the destination is not the end. It's the springboard. Mm-hmm. You know, and each time you hit that destination, you hit that goal, it shouldn't ever be looked at as a linear, okay, I'm up there, now I'll stop. It should always be looked at as it's a bounce for another level that's easier to get to, by the way. You know what I want to add to that though? It should also be looked at as a party that you've arrived at because I think sometimes when you're wired to be a high achiever, you go from one to the next so fast. My husband literally be like, Amy, pause. How are you going to celebrate that, that you just did? How do you want to celebrate that? Because I, I am so quick to celebrate the wins of everybody else mm-hmm. and so fast to be like, okay, I did it. What's next? Where's yeah. my next level? You know? So I think you have to you look at it and like, yeah, we're going to springboard, but we're also going to celebrate. We're going to party just a smidge while we're there. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have to. Absolutely. So let's talk about your transition. So let's talk about what you're doing now. And then I want to just go backwards into that transition. So you're here, you are, you're working together. Mm-hmm. Why don't I let you guys talk about what you're, what you're doing specifically, but I know you're working together, working with something called the circle of influence, which goes to a mastermind, but let's talk about what you're doing and then walk us backwards on how you got here and how you made a transition from your previous life and business into yeah. this one because I'm sure there was risks and concerns and challenges. Yeah. So I'll start with this and then Mon, you can jump in at any point in time. So your circle of influence is a, it's, we want to, and we are building the premier 
network for six and seven figure women. There are a lot of women who get to six figures and then they get stuck somewhere in that deep mid six figure range. And I have seen in myself and in other people that I work with that sometimes we try to do business alone where we're our own little silo. We feel like we're on that island and we're just working and we're doing things. And yet there's so many amazing women all around that when we connect and we reach out and we collaborate, we grow faster. We can open doors for each other. We can position each other. And you know, men have been in the game of business a lot longer and they do this really naturally. They join clubs. They um, golf. have their golf buddies. Yeah. They, they create these networks. But for women, we're like, I don't have time to go golfing with you. I need to get home and manage all the other people that are in my world. And so we wanted to create a, a network that really fills the need that you have when you're, you know, in the six and seven figure range, there's less women that are doing what you're doing and you need people to open doors for you, but you need it in a way that's really accessible and makes sense and is fulfilling and supporting and that we can connect on that heart and soul level. And at in one minute, you know, we're talking heart and soul. And in the next minute, we're like, listen, here's what's going to happen with your strategy. Tactical things. Yeah. yeah here's yeah. your tactical stuff. So yeah. it's a really beautiful community that we are building together. And it's been just so much fun. I look forward to our influencer circles and those conversations. And I always joke that if you bring enough brilliant women together long enough, we will solve every problem in the world. It's right. so beautiful. <laughs> the universe is closed many times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so Monica, so how did, how did you and Amy start working together? Well, you know, as Amy, what, Amy gave you a little bit of the story of her beginner's journey in terms of her entrepreneurship. I, my first career out of college was as a financial planner, as a stockbroker. So it was the financial field very much about the M in Monica stands for math. <laughs> I have to tell you. Yeah. And I so love math I too. Numbers, right? Yeah. And the way that that started was because I was working at a brokerage firm when I got that stage four cervical cancer diagnosis in my twenties. So I was just, you know, blown mind. Cause I was like, who gets cancer in their twenties? And I had to make some life pivoting decisions. Like, uh, and I remember my pastor saying, which conversation are we having? Are you getting ready to die or are you getting ready to live? Because it depends on which decision you're making that the conversation is going to go. And that just the fact that she positioned it that way made every other decision pivot also. Because I was like, wait, you mean I have a choice about my, the direction of the conversation based on my decisions, right? And so clearly it's been almost 20 years later. I'm cancer-free now. But that pivot began my journey as an entrepreneur because as I was going into a performance review, they wanted to, unbeknownst to me, sever the employment relationship and then keep my intellectual property. Oh, good for law school friends. Because <laughs> my law school friend told me about derivative copyright, told I had not signed an intellectual property agreement on that in that uh, employment. And so then what became a, what was a firing squad really became a negotiating table. And it was like a little bit of a bumblebee moment for me because I, what I did that day, I didn't know that people don't do that. I just thought it was the normal thing to do yeah. where I negotiated myself out of employment and into a consulting contract that then became a decades long, uh, you know, relationship. And so my first, my last employer became my first client. And it was out of that, that my business coaching firm was born. And a lot of the business coaching that I was doing was in the trenches because those other um, stockbrokers would bring their clients who were entrepreneurs to my um, trainings. And then I would, you know, connect with them and, and do teachings and, and trainings for their teams. And so for me, the journey to Amy <laughs> was 
going through that own growth of, you know, just my own path. And in many respects, you do have to have a lot of that be by yourself. There are certain battles that are only yours alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to the point where you get to a certain level of achievement and then you're connecting with other people and you're like, who else is on top of this mountain that I've climbed by myself, right? And then you want to share tips. I'm like, okay, well, here's my snacks and you can have these snacks, you know, kind of like a mountaineer, right? Right. And I remember uh, we were at, and we've been in each other's stages before. We've, we met at somebody else's stage and she invited me to speak at one of her events, Amy did. And I remember having a lunch time with all the other speakers and with, of course, her as the organizer. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if we just could have a moment like this we where the time. we could just kind of talk shop and not be concerned about competition or who's doing what or are they taking you know, money away from me or whatever? Because that, that was not the energy of that competition at all. It was very collaborative, very jovial. So we started our own mastermind uh, with a few other women. And that lasted for about two years. We took some time off. When it took some time off, Amy tells me that her business dipped. I was like, well, mine did too. Maybe we should do it again. <laughs> and so it was an opportunity for us to say, you know what? Let's, let's spread it. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of our core values is lift as you climb. So it's like, okay, so as we're climbing and as we're helping one another, let's make the table bigger so that even more women can come and join this circle of influence and we can all lift each other up. Yeah. And we've had some beautiful conversations too about inclusivity and how, you know, we, in every influencer circle that we have, we focus on creating a really diverse group. It's diverse in terms of our skin color. It's diverse in terms of our age. It's diverse in terms of our industry. It's diverse in terms of our core genius. And so what I love about it is you get a a business council and it, it really is. It's your peer business council for other people who they you know, it, like Jen, you have things that you do in your industry that maybe aren't happening in my industry, but really should be. And mm-hmm. it's just because nobody's opened that door to cross pollinate with each other. And so I love that, that we, you know, we have not just one brilliant business coach that we go to, but we have a council of people who are right there with us that are like, Oh, you know what? I just went through that. Let me share with you how, how I manage that. And then you get to be the person who is receiving in one minute, taking a frantic amounts of notes. And then the next minute, you're dropping major knowledge that you have on someone else. And it's just a fun, fun space to be in. Yeah, I think it's wonderful. So, so I want to ask you this question, you know, as we kind of wind down here on the podcast, is that, you know, someone who's listening and saying, you know, okay, I, you know, I want to make a transition, whatever that is. I want to grow my business, if that's what it is, because we're talking specifically about business here today. What are some of the benefits and pitfalls of doing it with someone so that it doesn't feel so painful? Yeah, I love that because, you know, we started this right at the beginning of COVID because honestly, just enough stuff canceled that we both had time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, now's the right moment. Right. And right. Um, during that, during that season of, you know, putting things together and building structure and stuff, I have loved having the support network where when you fail, you don't have to fail silently. You can fail together. And it, it doesn't feel so big when you're able yeah. to share that with somebody else, right? Like sometimes in your mind, you, you have this little setback and you think on it for days and you look at it from all the different angles and then oh, you get yeah. right up close and look under a microscope. And, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, I'll, I'll bring it to Monica and she's like, okay, well, let's just make an adjustment. I'm like, cool. You know, like it's just yeah, right. yeah. everything like, okay, so we're not, we're not upset about this. Great. Right. Moving on. 
Right. Yeah. Well, you know, that reminds me of another Les Brown quote, <laughs> which is, you know, if you do what is easy, your life will be hard. If you do what's hard, your life will be easy. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that because, you know, it's saying that, you know, it, it, depending on, you know, as a listener here, it, depending on who you are, you know, you might think it's hard to have two people, right? It might be really hard, but it'll make it easier on the back end. But you also might say, you know what? It's easier just for me to do it myself but then it'll be hard on the back end. So, you know, it's, it's something to think about. It's something to say, you know, maybe I need another, a buddy, maybe I need a partner to help me make that final decision. Um, Who says, you know, it always reminds me of Top Gun. Remember in Top Gun when Richard Gere, you know, he had to be the number one in the race and the whole thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the movie, what made him a gentleman, right? It made him an office. Well, the gentleman was taking Deborah Winger on, but the officer was that he was going to win that race at the end. He was going to break all the things, but he stopped and he went back and he didn't push her over. He didn't push her tushy and make her get over. He stood on the other side and encouraged the heck out of her. He said, get that over. You can do it hand over hand. And here's how you do it, right? And together they came across that line, both smiling. And that's the moment that he became this beautiful, beautiful officer, right? I love what you're saying. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about here is don't watch someone painfully go over. Don't do it yourself. Find someone that can encourage you if you're on that side. And if you're on the other side, go encourage somebody else. Yeah. Well, and I, I love this too, because I had this moment of thought before I reached out to Monica to say, do you want to do this together? Because I, I had the whole business plan in my mind. And I had this thought of maybe I should just do it myself. And I was like, where's that coming from? Why is yeah. that? Why is that thought in my head? Is it fear based? Or is it actually reality? And when I thought it through, I was like, this will be better together. It will happen faster together. And it will be so much more fun to do it together. And so that moment of maybe I should just do this by myself was totally my like junior high and high school aged Amy who hated working in groups because I did all the work and everyone else just sat back and took my A, you know, and it was so irrational. So it's been a joy to be able to collaborate. And I, I would say for everyone listening, look for ways, whether it's a partnership or a power partner or a community, but look for ways that you can create meaningful contribution that makes your journey more joyful and more easy. Well, and if you want to celebrate success, you have to have other people around you. That's the bottom line. I'm sorry, Monica, go ahead. Okay. What I was going to say that is, uh, that's why one of our core values, authentic vulnerability is the beginning of transformation. Because one of the first things that we did before we recorded one podcast, before we bought a domain name, we sat down and said, okay, what does it look like when you're about to kill me? What does it look like when I'm about to kill you? And how do we get over that hump, right? We yeah. have to be able to talk about the possibility of quote unquote divorce before we get married. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I mean, you know, and that's such a bold move too. I mean, that really is because I think it's an undertow that people talk about all the time, but we know what undertows do is they drown people, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's an, it's an undertow that needs to be brought to the surface. And I love that you guys, that both of you did that. You know, I think that's absolutely wonderful. So the last question I want to ask you uh, right now is, um, it's not the last question, but I just want to talk about is the books that you're reading right now. So could each of you share a book that you're reading and what impact is it making on you, whether you're reading in the first chapter or you're almost finished? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll go first. I am one of these people that um, cheats on my books. So I I read more than one at a time. (laughs) I'm a polyamorous bibliophile. (laughs) And so there are three books that I'm reading at the moment. 
One of them I'm rereading. It's called The Red Tent by Anita Diamant. It's fiction. I don't usually dabble in fiction, but Amy's a great fiction writer. You guys didn't know that, but she's, she's awesome. And so I've been dabbling into fiction. And Red Tent is the story of uh, Diana, one of Joseph's sisters, who is hardly ever spoken about in the Bible. She's literally right. like one or two sentences long. So imagine a whole book and a whole story, a biopic made of her. Yeah. And Anita Diamant is such a lyrical author. The way that she weaves together words, it almost feels like they're dancing on the page. And I just admire that so much. I'm like, I want to be that melodious and fluid yeah. with my own words. Yeah. The second book that I'm reading is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Mm-hmm. And um, he's actually one of the people that inspired me to do 75 Hard Amy. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. that. And he's such a badass, Jen. He's just like, he's a Navy SEAL. He's been doing ultra marathons. And he has this invincible spirit thing that I'm like, I want some of that. And I want to access the invincible spirit inside of me. I love that. And then the third third book that I read, I read every year is A Course Course in Miracles. And it really centers me in terms of... um, A Course, A Course of Miracles? A Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles, Uh uh-huh. And it's based on Judeo-Christian philosophy and, and religious tradition, but it's really a, a book that has me thinking about and, and kind of like retraining my mind around grace, around my own relationship with God, and around what it means for me to show up as a woman of, of spirit, as a woman of heart in the world, you know? I love that. I love the diversity of what you're doing now. I love that. <laughs> it's all, all inspiring. It is. And I have to tell you, I'm a speed reader. So I can read anywhere from three to four books a week and I have 85% comprehension. So, wow. But I haven't been doing that. COVID because when I'm traveling, that's what happens. It's I have a book here, I have a book there, yeah. I have there, I finish them all up. I leave them on, my, on the plane when I'm done with them. <laughs> so, yeah. So Amy, how about you? Okay, so my first thing I have to preface is I am about a month away from having my manuscript ready to pitch to try to find an agent. So mostly I'm writing right now, but Mm -hmm. I do have some books that I'm dabbling in. I do spend time every day in scripture. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that I I touch on every day. And then the other book that I've been studying Russell Brunson lately. So I've been in, I just ordered his newest one. It hasn't come yet. I I know which one you're talking about too. Yeah, but I'll find it and put the link in the, in the, so but I, I have Russell Brunson books around, and I, but I don't read them start to finish. I read them really, I use them like a resource book. It's like, I need to know how to do this. What does Russell say? <laughs> and then yeah, I'll pull it right. up and I'll pick up that chapter. <laughs> I and so I have been doing a lot of that. And then also I have been um, dabbling back and forth between Dare to Lead and um, Start with Why. So Dare to Lead is Brene Brown and then Start with Why is Simon Sinek. And those two, again, you know, I am in a season right now where I'm not spending a lot of time reading, but I will just say for anyone, I love that you have this question there. If you even spend five minutes in a book, it will just get your brain thinking on the right path. All you need is one new thought to be able to take one new action and generate an amazing new result. So I do try to, even when I'm not really proactively reading, I try to have my mind in some places. Yeah, I think that's really good. So a colleague of mine, Hal Elrad, um, wrote the book Miracle Morning. Mm-hmm. And it has um, the acronym of SAVERS, right? Which is mm-hmm. to sit in silence, do affirmations, right? Read your affirmations, vision, right? Have a vision board or vision in your mind, exercise, reading, and scribing, right? Journaling. Yeah. And ideally, you should take an hour to do that. But if you have to do it, the lowest bare minimum, it's one minute per thing, per letter. 
So reading is, you know, for that one minute, it's just read one page. Yeah. <laughs> just read a page. You know, and it'll change your life. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all these books for me. I'm going to have all these links in here for everyone who's listening in. And I just want to, again, say thank you both for joining us today and giving us your wisdom. I love everything that you, you both have had to say. And, you know, you're, again, both very powerful. So what is the best way for someone who's listening in to connect with you either individually or, you know, in the circle of influence to be considered for that? Yeah, well, we would love for you to connect with us. Uh, our website is yourcircleofinfluence.com. We also have a Your Circle of Influence Facebook group that you can come and connect with and um, get updates on what's going on in the podcast, but also just have really relevant conversations with other six and seven figure entrepreneur women and be in that space of support and collaboration with each other. So we'd love to see you in the Facebook group. That's awesome. Any other further comments, Monica? Do you want to leave us with something inspirational? I just think that the title of the podcast, Success and Significance, is so important in this time. You know, uh, we, I think if there's ever a silver lining for a global pandemic, it is that it, it has us pause enough to reevaluate our values, reevaluate our priorities. And I think what happens, especially with the theme of Success and Significance, is as we're hustling, as we're grinding, as we're moving, as we're keeping busy, what are we doing this for? And what is the significance of the contribution that I'm making or the money that I'm making and all of that? And I just think, gosh, if we can just always have that as our horizon, what a changed world we would have. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love your wisdom. I love both of your, your energy. And I just, you know, again, just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So I want to say thank you to those that are listening. Thank you so much for uh, subscribing, for giving us a rating and for writing a review. And please feel free to reach out to me if you have any topics or suggestions that you'd like for me to share. Or if you know someone who has a story about breaking through a glass ceiling, I would love to have the opportunity to speak with them so that we can share their wisdom with others as well. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.